Hello, and welcome to the 20 Minute Marketing Podcast. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you're having a great day. For first time listeners, my name is Liam from Reach Interactive, and I chat with guests on the show about a range of marketing topics and channels. We're now at episode 47, and I'm excited to welcome our guest on this episode, who is Matt Davis. So first of all, how's it going, Matt? It's going really great, and uh, it's an absolute honor to, to be here, Liam. I, can I just say at the outset like how amazed I am that you're on like your 40-odd episode? Like, I think that's super impressive, and what you guys are doing I think is great. So you know, thanks for having me on. It's an honor. That really means a lot. Thanks for the kind words, and thank you for giving up your time to be with us. I'm looking forward to learning some new things about branding from you today. But before we get started, can you spend 30 to 60 seconds telling us about yourself, please? Okay, so I'm Matt. I'm a brand and culture strategist, um, which is a bit of a long-winded mouthful. Basically, what I do is I help to bring leadership alignment in businesses, all sorts of businesses from startups right the way through to global organizations, anywhere where there's a group of leaders that need to kind of be pointed in the, the same direction, I guess, is, uh, is what I kind of do. And I use brand and brand thinking to help make that happen. Awesome. Thanks for the intro. As I mentioned before that, I'm looking forward to speaking about branding, which is something that we haven't covered on the show for a while now. And what we're going to be doing is talking about the key elements of brand strategy, which is a really interesting topic that I'm looking forward to getting started with. So really excited to talk about brand strategy with you today, Matt. I think the first and most obvious question to start with is how would you define a brand? Yeah, that's a, obviously one of the most important questions to ask before we start talking about this subject. And it's probably one of the hardest questions to answer in a weird way, because people often, when you're talking about brand, they think of brand as just the logo and the fonts and maybe some colors, right? So the veneer and the, the way that the business or the, 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 the product or service kind of shows up. And they think of it very much as kind of a design lick of paint at the end. That's the brand, right? The logo. But the truth is, is I don't think it is that at all, right? I don't think that's a very helpful definition. I think the best definition, the one that I use, is that the brand is the meaning that people attach to you and your offer, right? It's what they feel inside. It's their, their, their sort of instincts. It's your reputation that you put out there. And I think that's much more of a, a more helpful definition uh, from a business perspective, because really what we are trying to do and what, what the game that I'm in is the game of branding, right? And the game of branding is, is this noble attempt <laughs> to try and manage the meaning so that the right meaning is, is in the hearts and the minds of our audience. And so that they kind of think the right things about us. And then ultimately, hopefully they decide to buy from us. That's the game that we're in. And the logo and the fonts and the colors, that's part of managing that meaning but it isn't all of it. And I think if we just think it's the logo and the fonts, we're missing out actually on a massive array of strategic thought that business really needs right now to kind of get to grips with. So for me, that's the brand, right? It's the meaning people attach to us. It's in other people's hearts and minds. All we can do is begin to kind of work on how we send out the right signals so they attach the right meaning to us, right? So for me, Liam, brand is like at the heart of business, right? It, it should be intertwined with your commercial strategy. And um, for me, it's, uh, it's kind of like the simple questions, but the big questions, they become part of, of really what a, a brand strategy is. Uh, having answers to the big questions that help you make decisions 
is what a brand strategy is in my view. So what are the big questions of brand? Why do we exist beyond making money would be the first big question. Who do we exist to serve and why should they choose us is the second big question. How do we show up in a relevant way to those people would be the third big question. And the fourth question is, well, what is our offer? What is our proposition to those people? And you'll notice that with those kind of why, who, how, what questions, what we are doing when we're framing those questions is putting the customer at the heart of the answers. Because I think business has a problem with that. I think we often think about things, for, particularly from a leadership perspective, in quite a selfish way and, and quite an irrelevant way from the customer's perspective. We think about targets, we think about numbers, we want growth of X in X market. That's great for us as leaders, but our audience don't care that we want to get rich. The audience needs to know what are we doing for them? And that's why brand strategy and brand thinking is crucial to, I would say, to fuel your business. Because if you can get that thinking, those ideas, disseminated down through your organization to the people on the front lines so that everybody is pointed in the right direction, uh, understands the brand's place in the world, understands who it's there to serve and how it should, how it should show up, you're, you're onto a really powerful set of ideas and ideals which motivate and excite not just you know, your employees and in your culture, but also connect heavily and emotionally with your audience. And so it leads to a longer term strategy, not a quick wins, but a long term sort of play, which ensures your survival in business over 10, 20, 30 years, as opposed to a short term kind of yearly planning that we, we tend to do. So there's a lot of ideas packed away in that, Lee. I'm sorry to sort of throw it all at you, but in, in a simple, simple language, why, who, how, and what are we all about? No worries at all. There was a lot to digest, but I think it's great that you went into a lot of detail there. And I think that it was necessary that you did that because brand strategy plays a big role in business success these days. The part that really stood out to me was when you said that customers don't care about how much money you're making and your market share. As long as you're providing them with a great product or service, then in the long run, they'll be very happy. You mentioned the importance of defining why, who, how, and what we're all about. I think it would be great if you could speak about each segment in a bit more detail and what we can do inside each one of those to make sure that our brand is on point. Yeah, sure. So if we start with, um, with why do we exist beyond making money? I think, you know, even brand strategy sometimes gets a bad rap. But, but the reason why we'd want to define that in a unified way is to bring alignment. So I often think it starts with the leadership team. The leader's got to lead, right? They're going to take the company somewhere. So we need to understand, well, why? So Simon Sinek, I'm sure you've heard of Simon Sinek's Start With Why um, book and famous TED Talk, where he sort of talks about very simply that why is what motivates us, right? We can all have a job and get some money, but you know, why are we doing that? We all have our individual whys. And if our individual whys can connect with a company why, people are super fulfilled, leaders are super motivated. So what we're talking about here in that first question is, is what is our collective purpose for doing what we're doing, for getting out of bed in the morning? All the leaders will have their own purpose. They'll have families. They'll have their own sort of um, self kind of actualization. They'll, they'll have their own kind of identity that they'll want to live into. That's great for all of them as individuals. But my thing here is, is, yeah, that's great. But what about all of us collectively? What is that purpose? So we would have a purpose statement that I would usually suggest leaders have. This is a statement that explains why, why we're here. The next question, the who, is who do we serve and why should they choose us? Now, this body of work, you know, we're, we're talking here about positioning in the marketplace. So to understand this, we need to really get to grips with our customers. 
I'm going to just throw a bit of theory at you here, Liam. I hope you don't mind. But when we came out of the Industrial Revolution, right, the Industrial Revolution was all about factories and making stuff. And we made stuff. So factories churned out a thing, a bedpan, let's say, right? And then what, <laughs> what businesses used to do was, it's like, well, I've got a machinery here that's churning out tons of bedpans. I've now got to shift these bedpans. The more bedpans I shift, the more money I make. So what then eventually happened, this is obviously a simplified version of events, but Sales and marketing came very much, became about shifting the products that already exist, right? But here's the thing. I think that way of thinking is, is, is changing, right? Because it, what it gave birth to was advertising and interruption. And, you know, basically you'd run around asking, do you want to buy my bedpan? Do you want to buy my bedpan? To as many people as possible. And a small percentage would say, do you know what I really could do with a bedpan? And you'd sell your bedpan to those people. And therefore, the more people you broadcasted to, the more conversions you got, the more money you got. Makes sense, right? And there's still something in that, don't get me wrong. But I don't think that's really where we're at in terms of where businesses today. I think the better way is to find an answer to this question. Who do we serve, right? So of thinking, well, we'll try and broadcast to anyone and anyone that wants to buy our stuff will just sell them this product. We've got to think about the value that we're adding to people's lives. Remember, the brand is what they think about us. And so what you have to do instead is you have to have a shift in thinking. You've got to think, who is our tribe, as I like to call it? Who is the type of person, the type of company or organization or group? Who are they? And why should they choose us? So you've got to identify them, first of all. You've got to then understand them very innately. You've got to do a lot of research. You've got to, you know, you've got to really kind of spend time with them, listen to what they have to say, listen to their goals, listen to their challenges. And then to ensure that you're relevant to them, you really need to understand all the choices that they might have before them in terms of whatever goal, challenge, or, or problem that they've got. If you understand all the choices, then you can understand, well, how can we create something that is of more value to all of those things and really make an impact in that, that customer's, that target group's life? And in simple terms, that's positioning strategy. You need to know your marketplace. You need to know your audience. You need to know why they're buying and you need to create or, uh, you know, or amplify really kind of great reasons for them to choose you. So that's the who uh, section, the audience section. And then the other two are the how section. Um, how do we show up in a relevant way? Now these, that's a massive subject. You know, for me, that's the biggest one of all of them. What we're talking about there is, is a marketing and sales strategy. We're talking about a customer experience strategy. So once somebody understands what the product's about, you've talked to them about it, they get why it's a better choice for them. Once they become a customer, you know, what's that customer experience like? In today's world, we're not just selling a product that we've manufactured. In today's world, we need to think about the services that go alongside that customer service, you know, the whole journey through our organization. And so onboarding, offboarding, all the experiences, account management, these are, these are huge things, maintenance, that we need to think about in terms of the customer experience. The next uh, sort of area is not only that, but internally, we kind of need to think about our people strategy. Because if we are set up for the customer, there's kind of operational stuff behind the scenes that needs to be set up to in order to give the customer a great experience. So in that area, we're talking about employee experience, attracting the right talent to us. You know, again, people that believe what we believe, our why has to resonate with them. We need to recruit people not based on skills, 
you know, they're important, but, but also based on mindset and beliefs, because if they align, you can always teach skills. You can't teach the other stuff. That's something that, that we choose as human beings. We've got to think about how we're building business culture. So I get involved a lot in HR departments and, and get some of this thinking of brand right there into, into how we're creating training for our people, policies, all that kind of stuff. And often, uh, Liam, they, are, they all kind of hinge on this concept of values and behavior. So again, this is a leadership question, like how we show up is something that we can design, right? So, so we need to set this, you know, simplify it in a, I call it laddered thinking. What are our values? Because we value those things, you know, what, what are we kind of going to build within our organization to prove to people internally that we value those things? And then, you know, what behaviors are we expecting to see? How are we going to reward, remind people about these things? And what routines are we going to build in? These are huge questions. And if we don't do that purposefully, for sure, they're going to take place. They're going to happen. Um, so why not use brand as the catalyst to make those things happen properly? Final question, you know, what is our offer? This is about the proposition. We need a very simple proposition. Everybody should understand it from the grad joining us up to the CEO. It should be, this is, this is our proposition. This is what we are offering to, to, to our customers right now. So that in a whirlwind tour, Liam, is the key components of, of a brand strategy. Yeah, that was another great answer. And I love how much detail you actually went into there. And you know what, I'm really enjoying this episode, because I've just been able to sit back and let you take over, which I don't have a problem with, since you're sharing some really important insights on brand for us. Two things that stood out to me in your answer there was first of all, the example at the start and how we're moving away from pushing our products towards people aggressively. And the second one was the importance of recruiting the right people to join your company, because ultimately, they're going to have probably the biggest impact on how your brand is perceived by your customers. So my next question is, how would you go about getting all of these different pillars aligned, which I imagine is quite a difficult task? Yeah, great question. I think the thing for me is often this is rooted in leadership, as I've sort of mentioned already. And so the real question is, is how do you get leaders who often like, I, I refer to them as like lions, right? So these are people who, you know, they're not, they're not chugging along. These are not, you don't become a leader in an, organize, an organization by just kind of sitting in your armchair and, and not doing anything. You know, you become a leader by, by leading, you know, and by showing certain qualities. And some of those qualities, they require being quite headstrong usually and having, you know, a good vision of where you want to go and how you want to take your team and so on and so forth. So when you get a room full of lions and they all have their own vision and their own direction, you know, it can become very challenging. I, I do feel sorry sometimes for CEOs who want to make change happen, but they've got like this pack of lions they're trying to organize. So that's where someone like me comes in quite handy because what I would do is come in and help people think slightly differently about their organization. And the way that I would do that is with, some, with three key principles, really. The first is with storytelling. I mean, storytelling is a powerful mode of communication. And to see your brand as a kind of a character in the customer's story is, I would say, quite a powerful concept. So a lot of theory around storytelling and getting leaders to think about different characteristics of the brand, how it needs to behave and how it needs to take the customer, who is the hero of the story, you know, through the challenge or through the goal that they've got so that they reach a destination, which is fantastic, right? So storytelling is a powerful tool, but how do you get everybody to sort of think about that? Well, that's where I, I'm a massive fan of agile and something we call agile strategy or swarming, right? Which is where you, you get a multidiscipline teams, mainly of leaders, but you might also include a customer in there, maybe somebody from lower down from the organization in the room and you run workshops, right? So you really swarm in on these kind of key questions 
And you use, you do your research before, so the research kind of fuels these swarming sessions and informs them, but really the leaders have to come together to make joined up decisions. Now that is hard, but I often find, you know, getting the right energy in the Zoom call or in the room is key to that collaboration, you know, and getting kind of small decisions throughout all of those workshops, which when you step back at the end of it, you're like, wow, really understand now how are we going to show up, you know, why we exist, whatever it might be. And the final thing is, is the concepts of design thinking. I'm an old kind of graphic designer. Uh, some years ago, I was, uh, that was my trade. And um, I think once you're a designer, you're always a designer because you, you know, the purpose of design is to take somebody from where they are today in a purposeful way to the future, a, a desired future. If you've got that vision, if you help companies figure out the, the why, the purpose and the vision of where we're going, then what they can do is, is you can use design to slowly sort of chunk that down and allow people to get there, to open up possibilities and to close in on solutions. And so design thinking and some of the principles of that I use heavily. So those three things combined really, Liam, I think uh, bring the energy that's needed to, to get us to where we need to be from a brand perspective. Awesome. I think that paints a clearer picture of how companies can achieve success through great branding and also what they have to do to get there. So my final question in this main section is, do you have an example of a brand that either you may have worked with or perhaps a household name that has done this really well? So a lot of the brands I work with, I'm under NDA. So I'm really sad that I can't share some of, uh, some of the details. But one of the things I would say is, I don't know if you're familiar with Kraft Heinz at the moment, but I'm really an admirer of Heinz, you know, not, not just in terms of the heritage of the brand, but in what they're doing at the moment. So they publicly have a, a kind of a, a website which explains their, their vision and purpose, which is to be the best food company growing a better world. So you think, yeah, that's fine. Um, nice, nice words. Well, what's the evidence of this, right? That's really what brand strategy should be about. You shouldn't just have these as sort of tick box exercises. Yeah, we've got our vision. We need to use those to actually cause things to happen for our customers, for our people. And it's the same with their values. They've got some great values, some classic values like customer first, innovation, integrity, ownership, and quality, right? It's all on their website. So grand, nice words. You know, what's the evidence of this, I would say? Um, and again, the, the, the mission they've, they've pulled together, which I would say is in the kind of the how section that I've talked about, their mission is to provide high quality, great taste and nutrition for all eating occasions. Again, great words. Let's see the evidence of it. So this is, this is what I, I look at. How are businesses using these definitions to actually cause change? And you know, when the, um, the COVID thing hit, we were all struggling to get food, to get supermarket slots. Within, I think, literally it was within two or three weeks, Kraft Heinz had done something pretty amazing. I don't know if you saw this. They basically created a completely new offer, and it was called Heinz to Home. And it was a 16-pack food box with a few essentials in it. A new product pulled together in super fast time. Um, they did a deal with, I can never say this company's name right, so forgive me if you're from it, but Hermes, which is like the logistics company, right? And they did that deal and they pulled up a new website, which is beautifully designed and it's crafted in such a kind of a homely way. So it feels super, super on brand. And they pulled that together in a, literally a matter of a few weeks, which showed these values. Customer first, right? We're here to serve the customers. The customers are feeling this pain to be relevant. We need to get our product out to them to help them to, to eat, right? So that happened. Innovation. You know, how quick did they have to get their, their sort of the packing, the, the thinking behind it, they had to mobilize their team super fast. They did that. Integrity, ownership, quality, all of these things baked in. So for me, that is, is a cracking example of where brand strategy has been used 
in record time to produce something that is of value to the customer. Remember, the brand isn't, you know, isn't what we say it is. It's what customers think and believe about us. It's what they say it is, to quote Marty Neumeyer, who's a, a brand guru that I look up to a lot. So that's an example. And I, I think we should all be completely inspired by that, particularly in the challenges that businesses face today, to take these brand you know, definitions that we come up with of our vision, our purpose, our mission, our values, and to actually use them and inspire our people around them so that we actually create stuff of value for our customers. Yeah, that was a great example. And I think people are wising up to brands that put pretty words in their motto or mission statement, but then don't actually back them up with the evidential action. So well done to Kraft Heinz for doing that and being really innovative in a time of need. I think this is a great place to wrap up the main section on branding. I know we've had a few very long answers from you as well. So let's close out this section and finish off with the usual fun ones to finish the episode. So the first question that I ask in this closing section, Matt, is do you have a fun or memorable story that jumps out at you when you look back on your career? So very quickly, I ran an agency for around nearly 10 years, my own kind of creative design agency. And early on, like we were having loads of trouble, I'm sure a lot of people have with their sort of designers, where there's a lot of back and forth, like the, the client doesn't know what they really want until they look at something and they go, nah, that's not what we want. And the designer's thinking, hang on, I've literally fulfilled your brief. I've literally done everything you've asked. And the client looks at it and goes, no. And Therefore, there's a lot of the back and forth of edits and stuff like this. And when you're running a design studio, that's a nightmare for planning and you, know, you can imagine. And I remember um, quite early on, I recruited somebody and they said, Matt, you know, what I think we would do is we should, we should run a, like a kickoff workshop. So I was like, a workshop? Like, what is one of those? Pre prior to that, we were expecting people to send us their brief and we'd execute on it. But this guy, my, my colleague Paul at the time, he was like, Matt, they don't know what they want. Let's, let's get them in a room and let's kind of make it fun. So I was like, Ugh. all right, fine. Can I sit in on this newfangled thing? You know, this is about, maybe about 15 years ago. Anyway, we sat down and, and all my days, it blew my mind. Um, I realized the value of getting people in a room and thinking. So we'd get our design team in, maybe if there was a coding project, if it was a website, we'd get our coders in. I would be in as a creative director. Paul was the account manager. He'd be there from our side. And then from the client side, we'd have like as many people as they could bring to the table. And from there, I realized strategy is about aligning people's minds, right? That's what it's about. And so my inspirational story from, from you know, really that leaps out on me is, is that that's how I learn. I kind of learn in the fire that that is the way to pull business forwards. And obviously from there, I you know, managed to build out my skills and, and go up the pecking order. So now I'm in the boardroom to make real change happen. I hope that's all right, Liam. I, I mean, it's probably not the most exciting story you've ever had, but you know, that's my best attempt. Yeah, I really like that one because it shows that testing new ways of working can be very effective. And it's also nice to hear stories of people collaborating in person, which we haven't been able to do much of this year. I know that things have been very virtual and it's quite hard to make big decisions when you're not in the same room as each other. My final question is, do you have a resource that you can recommend to other marketers or business owners? If you want your mind blown, I would say buy this book. It's called Scramble by the chap I mentioned earlier, my mentor, Marty Neumeyer. Scramble by Marty Neumeyer. It's a business thriller. It will talk you through basically agile strategy. Um, some of the things I've been talking about in terms of getting brand thinking right through an organization. You won't regret reading Scramble by Marty Neumeyer. I always like when guests share a book recommendation, so that's great. And if anyone would like some more content around brand strategy, then you can check out Matt's website, which is mrmattdavis.me. His podcast is also available on streaming sites, which is named Just Branding with co-host Jacob 
And finally, Matt also has a book named Storyatogy, which is available on Amazon. And yeah, thank you for joining us today, Matt, and sharing some great stuff with us. Absolute pleasure being on. Thank you. And keep doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm a big admirer of your work, Liam. Thanks, Matt. Means a lot. So let's close out the episode right here. Big thanks to everyone for listening and continuing to support the show. We'll be back next week with episode number 48.